Welcome aboard, Captain. the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek for the voyage home one minute at a time. I'm David Soaker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dave. How's it going? I feel like I just yelled that at you. Was that, did I yell? I don't think you yelled at me. Okay. I'm just so excited. You're excited? Why are you excited? We're time traveling. Well, not yet. All right. All right. Uh, We're getting ready to time travel. We are getting ready to time travel. We're on minute uh, 31, Mm -hmm. and this minute starts with McCoy uh, finishing his quote from Hamlet and ends with uh, Chekhov giving us all an update about the heat shields. It's all about the heat shields with uh, Chekhov. It is. He's all about about them heat shields. Yeah. This is a – it's not a very long – like – dialogue minute but there's uh, certainly some stuff that goes on it's a very slow minute as we get into the we start to get into the meat of the movie yeah uh i, I guess it's kind of slow i know i know what you're saying i mean it sh- it it shouldn't be i mean we are uh, literally speeding up <laughs> right as the minute goes on right. but i know what you mean the pacing seems uh, slow, but not like annoying slow. Just yeah, I, not yeah. It's not like annoying slow. Right. Um. So we start off at the beginning of the minute where you know McCoy's finishing his quote. Uh. You know he says, uh, "Angels and ministers of grace defend us." Yes, and Spock retorts with uh, Hamlet, Act One, Scene Four, to which Kirk says. Uh, no doubts about your memory and gives them a knowing smile like almost like hey McCoy and Spock together again you know it's like <laughs> there's my know, pals the, yeah the banter again um, which I which I feel like we're starting to get into better Spock oh better Spock yeah you think this yeah. is the you think this, this is the this is the beginning of better Spock for me okay not it's not so much the standalone Spock who's not not interacting with anybody, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, because he that is that is not uh, um that's not a conversation he's participating in really, right? That's McCoy yeah. just making a smart aleck remark. Yeah. And then Spock in his way like having a sarcastic response, right? A little bit, yeah. It's or a little that, sarcastic. That smart yeah. aleck response. Which is, yeah, that's a little bit of McCoy and Spock dynamic there. Yeah, which I thought was a nice touch. What do you think of that quote? Angels and ministers of grace. I don't even quite understand it. <laughs> I've, been well, trying, I think it's, I've been thinking well, about it since the last minute. Like, what does that really mean? It's just saying, uh, dear God, well, watch out well, for us. It, yeah, basically, he's, it's like, uh, you know, we're about to go through this amazingly stupid thing. And, you know, don't drive us into the sun. You know, you know, just basically like, dear God, protect us kind of thing. Right. Um, 
there's a uh, there's a interesting line. Not it's not in the script, uh, but it's in the comic book adaptation of all things. Oh, okay. Um, that uh, you know, it just it's between the minutes. So in the last minute, you know, Kirk says you you programmed all those from memory, and Spock says I have, and then that's when McCoy drops this line, "Angels and Ministers of Grace," but in the but in the comic, McCoy said before McCoy does that quote, he says. Yeah the memory of a man whose brain was scrambled like an egg. Huh. And then he says, angels and ministers of grace defend us. I just find it that interesting. interesting that, line. Yeah. You know, why is it in the, uh, I'm just wondering how it got into the comic book and it's not in the, not in the script. I mean, usually you see some of that stuff. that's just excerpts of stuff that right. cut from the film. Um, anyway, just a fun little extra. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that's great. I like. I actually like that line. Scrambled like an egg. Yeah, um, it's funny how you know you have the movie, and then that that's preceded by how many revisions of the script, mm-hmm. and then you know Vonda McIntyre has written the book, and then you have a comic book adaptation. They're all kind of they're all kind of the same, but there's you know differences here and there. You know, like where they came from in the in the script to what we see on the final. You know on the movie and what Vonda, you know, writes and then what the artists and, you know, uh, writers for the comic book and how they interpret things and find it all very fascinating. 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 Agreed. So, um, so this is, what's that? The comic was adapted by Mike Barr, Mike W. Barr, just to give him some credit for that. So we keep, we keep talking about Vonda, but I haven't mentioned the writer. Um, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, I don't either. I, I, shame on me. I'm, you know, my comic book. Uh, yeah. Uh, my comic book knowledge of uh, writers and artists is terrible. I, you know, I shouldn't really even call myself a comic book book fan because I think the only, I think the only comic book I know, like author wise, is Neil Gaiman. You know, like for Sandman. Right. Uh, yeah. But on that, I couldn't tell you anybody else has written anything. Terrible. Hmm. Anyway. <sighs> All right. Prepare so, for warp speed. Yep. Prepare, prepare, engage computer. Prepare for warp speed. Shields, Mister Chekhov. So he's doing his his duty uh, <laughs> of getting them shields ready. Shields, aye, aye. And then Kirk says, uh, "May fortune favor the foolish." Uh. And then he makes the face. And then he makes the face. Yes. That's quite a casual, uh, goofy face. You know, he, he looks like he's like, oh, this is just a really dumb thing we're about to do. Like, you know, some dumb thing on a weekend after they've had too many beers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not yeah. like I'm about to potentially kill us all in attempt to time travel. Yeah, this is different than the face, you know, of going back to face punishment for your crimes. This is like we have to be the dumbest people on the face of the planet to want to attempt this. Yeah. Yeah. It's very out. It seems out of place to me. Do you, do you think he's having second thoughts? Uh, I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, where are you going? I, I I just got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. (laughs) He he just goes and screams into a pillow. (laughs) Uh, sir, uh, uh, Mr. Spock, I, the uh, skate pod is jettisoned. Um, 
Captain, Captain, uh, just I'll be right back. I'll just I gotta go over to this star system over here. You guys continue on. I'll catch up. Okay, yeah, I'll catch up. <laughs> uh, all right. So you you were talking about um. Oh wait, so does fortune favor the foolish? Is that from Hamlet too, or is that just something else? Do you know? Uh, so it's not from Hamlet. At least I don't know that it is. I looked up online and found a couple of different things uh, about it. Uh, the first thing I found was that it's an old Latin proverb, um, and it's uh, derived from – at least this, this one says it's derived from uh, aduentes fortuna aduivat. For those that speak Latin, I obviously butchered that. <laughs> But it translates into fortune favors the brave or fortune favors the bold. But I found something on Memory Alpha. And again, I'm going to butcher all of these names and pronunciations. But this says it's from um, a poem by Virgil, a Roman poet. Yep. Uh, it's called the Aenid, A-E-N-E-I-D, Aenid, Aenid. Aenid. And it tells a story about a Trojan Aeneas, and it says uh, a quote from the the Aeneid says "Aduentes fortuna juvat," which again also means fortune favors the boat. So, a couple of interpretations of what he's saying. So it's okay. You know. uh, I did see that uh, Vonda uh, took the time to she inserted Spock quoting back to Kirk on that one too. Okay, he what said, is what... Virgil Spock said the Anid, but the quote, yeah. and he was going to correct Kirk or something, right? Um, but yeah, I guess the, I guess the quote may for, fortune favor the foolish is just he's saying this is, could be a really dumb decision we're making, so hopefully someone's looking out for us, right? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think that's he he gets it. Well, he makes the face, yeah, you know, and he totally is. He's like we're being we're being dummies here. <laughs> being dummies. So 24 seconds in, and this is what I mean by like the pacing of this minute is a little, it's a little weird because we're only 24 seconds minute in, 24 seconds in, he says warp speed, Mr. Sulu, and then it's a continual call out of warp two, warp three, yeah. warp four, warp five, warp six, you know, it's just a continual call out and they're all just sort of sitting there. I mean, the only things that really happen here is the ship begins to shake, mm -hmm. um, is it shaking? Now it's beginning to shudder. Shudder? Now it's starting to shimmy. That's Wait. From, that's from airplane. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's from airplane. Yeah. yeah. Um, I knew that was you know, we get it. We get uh, my favorite scene from this minute, which is the uh, clipboard or iPad dropping from Spock station where he sort of like it drops and he like reaches his hand over. Like he's gonna stop it. Yeah, that's a very um, uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a Vulcan thing to do. It seems like no, he'd just I, be like just looking thought, at it, right? I feel like that's a that's like a human thing to do, like a very reactionary human thing to do to be like, whoa, whoa, you know? Oh my god, I gotta get that. Yeah, but I don't think it's but, I don't think it's the same thing. Uh, and here's me being uh, movies by minutes, right? The thing that falls is not the thing that lands. Yeah, it totally doesn't look like it looks super thin when it's on the yeah when it's on the the the, the console. Yeah. And it, like I said, it almost looks like an iPad. Yeah. Or just like whatever, but then it looks it's got like depth. 
Yeah, the thing that lands looks like a wooden picture frame with a picture. Almost like a, it's like an abacus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what do you think? I mean, what do you think's in there? Like, like what are we seeing? Well, I think it's, I, you know, I, I think I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, like, where did Spock do his computation? I'm wondering, this is like the device that he's doing the computations on. Oh, so those are, those, That's whatever like, we're seeing is actually his, his math? It could be. It could totally be. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to tell. You only see the, the at least the one that hits the floor. You can kind of kind of get a glimpse at some of the stuff. But it, to me, I'm I feel like I'm seeing like pictures of of you know rockets from the '60s. But I know that's not what it is. It's just right. Uh, and the thing that falls off the, the thing that looks like an iPad that falls looks more like it might have writing on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. Right. I just found that like a little interesting. <laughs> you were gonna say but... fascinating, weren't you? I was going to say fascinating. I always say fascinating. Um, but you brought up an interesting an interesting point when we were talking <laughs> offline is that the the thing falls from Spock's station, but Kirk totally turns around <laughs> and looks at Uhura like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then after he turns away from Uhura, something falls off Uhura's station. <laughs> Do you think that's a mistake? Do you I... think that's like totally like it was supposed to fall off her station? And he jumped the gun. Like I, I totally do. I think that's a yeah. I think so. <laughs> exactly. He missed his cue. Uh, looked the wrong way, and then it fell off. And he he does look again. He does look uh, again, but yeah. it's just it, it's <laughs> it just plays out completely backwards. Yeah. Um. um but yeah. But I, we get like about thirty-ish seconds of again Sulu calling out the the the. The clipboard's falling, and then we start to get the, you know, probably about 55 is when, you know, things really start to, you know, shake and shudder and shimmy, and uh, things are getting a little bright in the, you know, in the um, in the control, you know, the, the bridge there. Yep. Yeah, I think it was after warp eight. Everything starts to yep. light up, like they're, uh, they're starting to feel the heat. Um, I have to, I have to say... I could listen to two full minutes of Sulu calling out warp. <laughs> there's, there's something about it. I, I know I've talked about this in other episodes, other movies that we've already talked about. I love listening to Sulu call out stuff, you know, uh, free and clear to navigate or you yeah. know, warp, warp 7.5. Just <laughs> anytime he talks, I guess I like, <laughs> I like oh, him yeah, doing not, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like saying it's bad. It's just I feel like the pacing of this minute is just a little. I, I guess as we're ramp, like you said before, we're ramping up to go super fast, super fast. Yeah, super wicked fast. fast, wicked. Um, you'll have to edit that out. What? No, that was beautiful. Wicked. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> um. So yeah, so finally we get to warp eight, the end of the minute. You know, they're as they're closing in on the sun. You know, everything is like completely shaking and shuddering. Um, and then uh, Chekhov lays down the the beat of heat shields at maximum. Yeah, I like um, just before that the I like the shot of of McCoy and Spock. I think it's very you know McCoy is starting to look uh, pretty nervous about the situation he's in. And Spock couldn't look more blasé. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. This is about I, right. 
So if you look like, so when they start, which again is like, you know, they go to warp actually, I think like halfway through the minute. Yeah. You know, you see, you get a good shot of the entire bridge. And um, if you notice, they then they go to the scene where the clipboard falls off Spock's thing. Look at the lights behind Spock and McCoy. Yeah. Everything is normal. You know, they're going, you know, warp three, warp four. But then once they start to getting about, um, you know, warp seven, you get to about second 52, 53, the lights behind them are like almost like thumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's not even like a red alert kind of thing. It's just like boom, 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 boom. And, and I'm, I, I just have to wonder, like, is that because they're going so fast because the ship is coming apart? Like what? Is that another Nimoy lighting trick? <laughs> well, you know, I would say, I would, I guess, I would say, like, oh yeah, it must be the, the sh- because the ship is starting to shake itself to pieces. Uh, but I, I hadn't noticed the the rhythm. Right, you're right. It's very rhythmic. So maybe it's just something to mm. do. Maybe it's tied into the. Uh, now I'm picturing, you know, the, the warp engines are pulsing, right? I, yeah. I, I don't know how the warp engines actually work, uh, but I could imagine they're they're flashing to the beat of the engine. Oh yeah, maybe yeah, I, and it makes me think of uh, Next Generation when you look at the warp corn, it's like whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, you know, when it goes up and then it goes when it goes really fast. Yep. You know what? I, I, now jumping around, uh, we see the bird of prey go to warp. We do. Is yes. That the, is that the first time we see it go to warp? Have we seen it warping? Um, I guess we don't. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is because they take off and then they... Right, they take off and then they're on, in flight. We kind of yep. see them cruising at one point. Yep. Uh, but I, I, this might be the first time. Yeah. What do you think of it? I think it's cool. Yeah. I always love ships going to warp. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic effect. Okay. I, I, wish, they could, the, I yeah. wish they would go to warp more often. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned I recently had rewatched some of the reboots and... Uh, They've got some pretty cool warp effects, you know. The yeah, the ship just standing still and it stretches out, and when it disappears, it just leaves the like vapor trails. Um, I like that effect. That's a that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I'll give you that. Sure, bird of prey. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all I had. I, I definitely wanted to talk yeah. about uh, Sulu's, uh, you know, calling out warps. All during the minute. Love it. Mm. Uh, hope he does it in the next minute, too. We'll have to see. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this was just a very light, you know, like I said, very slow cadence pace of, of a minute. Not a lot to talk about. Not a lot to talk about. <laughs> Half an hour later. Half, exactly. How long have we been talking? Uh, all right. So then probably time to wrap it up. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, cool. Well, folks, um, if you are enjoying the show, if you haven't already, could you please head out to uh, Apple Podcast, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the show? Um, all that uh, all that information helps uh, boost the ratings of, of uh, uh, our fair little podcast here. Uh, so please and thank you. And uh, we'll be back again on Wednesday, talking about Minute 32 of the Voyage Home here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.